everyone, welcome back. Thank you for coming back to visit us once again. This is our second podcast, and we're going to kind of pick up where we left off the last round. We were talking about the COVID-19 uh, virus that has pretty much eliminated our campaign. Uh, it has forced us to rethink the way that we're going to play our game. We are actually going to the electronic format. We actually are going to play online. Uh, we're actually starting today, so we will keep you up to date on how that's working, how we are able to make that uh, transition from physical play into the uh, the internet play. Um, I want to do roll call real quick. We have Clay with us today. Buenos dias. Yeah, we have Bree with us today. Hello, hello. We have Ryan with us today. Hey, everyone. And we have Nathan in the background. He may pop up his head once in a while, but uh, if not, that's okay. He's keeping everything in the back running smoothly. So we applaud him for that. Thanks, Nathan. Nathan is our so, version of that guy <clears throat> who's putting tape over the pipe where there's water <laughs> spurting out everywhere. And he's just con- he's doing that constantly. So As we're really actively punching holes in the pipe. That's exactly <laughs> yes. right. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good thing he has a large supply of bubble gum and bailing wire. As well. <laughs> All right. So we are looking at the transition to uh, move our campaign to Roll20. And we will start that tonight. Uh, we'll try to be back in full swing so that we can bring you updates uh, in the next week or two. And then we can go from there. Uh, this This podcast, we wanted to kind of open up what we were thinking about as far as some... Uh, some scenarios and some things that we would hope that you would be enjoying. Uh, but in that vein, we also want to know what you think. You, are we doing what you want us to do? Are we giving you the information you'd like to hear? Are there areas that we need to improve in, areas that maybe you know we're doing really good? Please let us know. We want to know how we're doing, and that way we can improve this podcast. Uh, we're all in it together. Um, and that being said, um, one of the, the uh, types of information we want to bring to you is where D&D is in the news. Um, that has been you know, changing and evolving over the last few years. Um, I was looking online just to see what I could find. And what I did see is uh, a year ago, they actually had an article that was um, from, let's see, it was April of 2019. It was the Washington Post. And the, the headline said how Dungeons and Dragons somehow became more popular than ever. And they went through and they were talking about how it's now popular with uh, adults, not the adults that have been playing, but the actual adults that are just starting to play that are, are brand new to the, the hobby in the game. Um, and then also an insurgence of females. Uh, this was back in the, the late 70s, uh, you know, something that was not really known for uh, you know, attracting the females. It was mostly the males, uh, mostly the uh, nerdy types. And, you know, all of a sudden it has really changed. 
Um, the article went on to describe in, information such as uh, the celebrities that are what they said coming out of the closet and, you know, saying that they will roll a 20. Uh, and in that group, it was Van Diesel. It was Drew Barrymore. It was Joe Manganella. It was Stephen Colbert and Anderson Cooper. I mean, these are big names. And, you know, they're now saying that, you know, they're playing. Now that you add to the like the Matt Mercers uh, of the, the realm and you're seeing that this is not just something that is played in the, the you know, the basements and, uh, you know, it's hush hush. So it's really moved up. And they also referred to the fact that the Game of Thrones writer, George R.R. R. Martin, uh, was a DM when he was younger and that the, he used some of his storytelling um, capabilities in, in artistry in the Game of Thrones when he was writing that. Uh, it's Why also does become... that not surprise me? <laughs> not at all. <laughs> you can see a little of it in the Game of Thrones, I think. Uh, but they also... Yes, just a little. Um, they also... It's become more popular uh, even on the small screen. Now they too, you 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 think back to Big Bang Theory, you know the group of nerds uh, still kind of had that connotation that they were nerds. But then you also had um, the Stranger Things came out, and that you know the D and D was played on there as well. Uh, and most recently, the Disney film, um, oh my goodness, Onward. And couldn't remember the title. Onward, um, it has that deep vein in the D&D world as well. As a matter of fact, they actually have a gelatinous cube that they had pay royalties to the Wizards of the Coast for. Um, really? Yes. 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 Oh my Insane. Clay and I have yet to see that. Disney, At- Disney paid Wizards of the Coast for just to be able to use a gelatinous cube. Mm-hmm. Yes, but think about it. Anyone who's ever played D and D knows the gelatinous oh, yeah. cube. Most people going without saying D and D could probably take a wild guess as to what a gelatinous cube is. Same as like the eye of the beholder. There are just certain things that you know that that play the heartstrings of those who have played D and D. So Crazy. I mean, you, you have to realize that this uh, started back in 1974 by uh, Gary Gygax and Dave Anderson. And it has changed completely over the years. Uh, But that brings me to the next title. Uh, This one was from USA Today, and it was just in January of this year, the 14th. And the title was Dungeons and Dragons Had a Fallen on Troubled Times. The role-playing game in 5th edition changed everything. And in there, they were interviewing uh, from the Wizards of the Coast, uh, Nathan Stewart. And he was talking about what that what that did to change things up and he said um they released that in 2014 and they immediately saw a rise in the number of players and just shortly thereafter there was much more exposure in pop culture like we were discussing even you know from the article a year ago but it really you know they saw this almost overnight um kids were playing this over computers and gaming systems and they they equate that to the fact that humans are social creatures and even gaming you know the kids that are playing the the online games you know need that interaction 
And so they they also started getting the celebrity endorsements he is writing about. And that, again, you know, that refers back out to the, the celebrities that were, you know, coming out and actually saying, hey, it's okay to play D&D. It's kind of cool. And they also, with the fifth edition, that's where they made it approachable to new players. You know, um, in the, the article, Nathan was talking about the amount of uh, pages in the, the player's handbook. And he said, you know, we never could understand how, a, uh, you know, a game with 378 pages of rules, you know, could be so popular. But that he also said that it that lends to the fact that the existing community, those who are already playing, uh, took in the new players open arms, at, you know, to help them set up. With the simplified rules, it was easier to get a game up and running. I, you know, this goes back to when I started. You'd have a character creation party, and it would take you hours upon hours just to create your your characters. Not anymore. I've now never you can participate in one of those before. <laughs> and that the thing is, is people, you know, they, they, you know, some of them were getting turned off because it was just too much. And with the fifth edition, it has really made the change. So that's my rant for today. That's my little get um, on the news in the D&D community. That's crazy. And, I, you know, talking about the celebrities, the second you started listing off those names, I was just waiting for you to say Bill Murray. Because just something about Bill Murray, I just I see him sitting at the table with a big old wizard's hat and just getting <laughs> so into it. I could, I could see it. It's in my head right oh, now. Oh, yeah, totally familiar with Vin Diesel, but when you said Drew Barrymore, I was surprised, and I like that. I had, I had no idea that she played that, too. I wish I knew who that was. Um, oh, I'm gonna list off movies, and it's still gonna go over your head. Yeah, we, we won't take the time is right now. Female. <laughs> female. And hey, I like that. Yeah, female. female. Yes. Drew Barrymore is a female. And that's crazy. <laughs> and, and just think, think about Disney. Think about how much Disney doesn't like paying for licenses they mm. paid wizards of the coast for the gelatinous cube it was an important they, enough detail it, it's it's important it's that's it just boggles my mind that's so crazy that is nuts yeah that's that's nuts i am i am so I, i'm boggled by that that's crazy oh man now and and it's not just the nerds, you know, I mean, you think of the Stephen Colbert's, you know, and the Anderson Coopers. Okay, those guys are, you know, if anything, they're kind of nerdy, but, you know, right. hey. And then you got, like, Vin Diesel. Uh, Diesel. Yeah. yeah. Have you got, guys seen Fast and the Furious? No, <laughs> oh, not most Me of either. <laughs> yeah. I also really Fury, like though. the mention of more and more females playing, and it just becoming more of a thing versus just, not that there's anything wrong with a bunch of males, but different way of playing, just different perspective. I don't know, different no. types of personalities on the I table. I feel personally attacked. I bet you do. Totally. You always totally do. Agree. Uh, you know, and I mean, it, and it used to be if, you know, if there was a girl, she would be highly nerdy, you know, and <laughs> yeah. just, you know, and, and an introvert and, you know, someone it would be considered, you know, the nerds wouldn't even realize that it was a girl. I mean, right. they, you know, that's kind of the way that, you know, they played out. And now you have girls that, but it's, it's fantastic because they're playing female characters the way that a female would play rather than a male 
pretending to be a female <laughs> and, you know, and not playing it because, you know, I like the fact that girls are highly emotional and sometimes they'll play more from the heart and from their emotions where right. a guy is much more, you know, it's, you know, it's logical why we shouldn't do that. And I mean, it's more, it's real life. It's true. I mean, and that's, that's really true. Bree's character is very emotional. I mean, it, except when she's lighting people on fire, she, she right. wasn't very emotional when she lit right. Ryan on fire, but so I, you that. know, I it, know. It, it, it's never forget. Well, I mean, she, she did light you on fire. Yeah. Almost, almost. She well, lit fire I, it, under you. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't directed directly at him. A means to happened. an end. That's right. <laughs> yeah, no. I was just trying to play the game. <laughs> and you did a good job. You did a good Thanks. job. Thanks. <laughs> and I like now. that too. That I like. I personally, I'm nerdy, but you know, if we're talking about in the past and maybe females who would have joined before, you know, reading the handbooks cover to cover, it is nice being able to still be welcomed and play without having to have done that or without needing all these tools and resources already ingrained in my brain to be able to play that I can just play and learn <laughs> as I go and maybe tell another female and then we can join another campaign or, you know, just kind of like getting a whole other group and making more friends that way. Well, and hopefully you end up becoming a, you know, a dungeon master at some point, that would be great. We always I need more dungeon masters. I to anybody I... listening, if somebody's trying to get you to be a dungeon master, don't just be a dungeon master. Think about it for a second, because I think that they are desperately just trying to get a dungeon master if they're really pushing you too hard. And as soon as you become a DM, you're stuck as a DM for the rest yes. of your life. Always have an yeah. out, an escape plan for dungeon <laughs> mastering. <laughs> there has to be an out. And I realize I cut Bree off. Bree, what were you saying? I am fully intending to maybe even play in a campaign that is not with you guys, just to see what it's like. I think we just got abandoned. No, no. We all knew that this day would happen eventually. <laughs> oh man! Just to see, or maybe I can do two campaigns. I don't know. I'm I'm just really curious. You can definitely do two. We have campaigns. A, a message from our guy in the chair, Nathan, saying, "How dare you!" Um, and I, I think mean, that's Ryan a does two campaigns. He seems to be okay. I'm in three campaigns. There you go. <laughs> no time. Do you even sleep? No. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just Red Bull and praying. Yeah. That's it. Now, I was told when we started that you two had developed some sort of little question for me to test my D&D knowledge. Is that right? Ah, uh, yes. So, um... We're going to play a sort of game. So oh joy. I'm going to read you three things. One of them is an actual thing that you can find in official core rule books for D&D 5th edition. And the other two are things that I just made up. And um, I want to see if you can tell which one is which. I'm going to be great at this. One of these things is not like the other. Exactly. Okay. So... Here are the three things, in no particular order. Good. So, here's thing number one. To pin someone or something that you're wrestling with, you need to have a specific feat. So, like, to pin them to the ground, you need to have a feat that lets you do that. Mm. Okay. All right, here's sure. the second one. Uh, you can drink half of a potion, 
and get half of the effects. Hmm. Um, this only applies to potions that you could actually divide the effect in half on, though, obviously. I only have half night vision. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, and then here's the third one. There is an official source book where pirate is a language that you can learn. Oh, man. I kind of want to play too, even though I don't know a darn thing. Yeah, you, you play, can play you too. Play. <laughs> and see, now here's the thing. I'm going to break this down for you. So I, I can't imagine that half of the potion thing working. And I feel like we've discussed that before. Where like, if you drink half a potion, it just <laughs> doesn't work. I swear that came up. Mm. And I feel like we had a long argument with Cody about the fact that that happened and that he didn't like it. Um, I know, at least on when I played Neopets, I could change the language <laughs> setting. <to> pirate, <laughs> and I feel like Neopets is the source for language in the universe. Um, I, I feel it. I don't you know. know. I, I want to say that pitting someone down that you don't need a feat only because I really want to believe that pirate is like learning a pirate <laughs> language is real. <laughs> now I'm going to be sad because it's just too ridiculous and I love it. How dumb is know. that? I need a feat to pin someone to the ground. I've been pinned in our campaign at least five times. Someone has held me against a wall, and I was told that I was pinned there. If all those people had a feat, I'm going to be annoyed. Because I could have destroyed them in any other type of combat. <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm going pirate language. I, it has mm. to be. It has to be. You think that, uh, that there is an official source book where pirate is a language that you can learn? 100%. And if it is, I'm going to change my major to pirate speak. Well, I hate to break it to you, Clay, but uh, the actual true rule is that to pin someone or something that you're wrestling with, you need the grappler feet. Are you kidding me? I got it! No, it's not! No, it's not! That is, no, it is not! How many times? How many times have I been pinned against a wall by someone that was half my size, and they were just like, yep, you're held there. No, oh, they must have had the feet. <laughs> I demand to see character sheets. I want all of Wait, these. Wait, do I get scars? Do I get a noodle? Do I get points? Yeah, I'll give you. you I'll give you a Reese's right? peanut butter okay, cup. I've got you. one over here somewhere. Uh, but, but you can't speak pirate. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Yes, I well, can. not officially. I highly recommend that anyone listening homebrew the pirate language into their campaign. Wizards of the Coast, I need you all to log on to your Neopets accounts. I know you have one. I need you to log on and change yeah. your language to pirate. And I need you to sit uh. in your failure and just think about what you did. That's... <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Well, I need, I need well, to breathe. Well, Clay's being bitter, Nathan gave me a gold star. So, Thanks, Nathan. Thank you, Nathan. Anyway, Gotta love so, the guy uh... behind. Yeah, uh, thanks for playing, Clay. Maybe uh, you'll win next week. Who knows? That is the stupidest thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh man oh. well you know what since i'm already a little bit riled up I, I was actually meaning to talk about this i was i was reading through reddit uh, a couple days ago and i saw a post uh, about you know as a dm what are your, the most annoying things that you've experienced from players um and one that came up quite a bit is players that make a character and they seem to just relish in making things difficult 
for their party members. Have you guys ever experienced that in any of your other campaigns? Uh, I've had a few people like that playing in my yeah. team. Yeah, it, yep. I, I don't I don't get that. And, you know, for anybody out there that's listening, if you're just starting a campaign and you're thinking, maybe I should make a character that's going to cause five-minute interactions to turn into an hour 45 uh, just to make things hard, do yourself a favor and don't. Everybody at the table is going to absolutely hate it. I, I don't get it. And if you're playing with somebody like that, do me, do them a favor and just play this section of this podcast for them uh, because I'm, I'm about, I, I'm not going to rip them apart because I, I'm trying to work on my anger. As you can tell, I'm, I've been very Zen today. Uh, the sun's but getting real low, Clay. The sun's getting re. Mm-hmm. Mm. If you are playing a character and a guard walks up to you and says, Hey guy, I just saw you steal from that stall. And you did steal from that stall. And you look at that guard, and you stab him. You're a bad person. (laughs) Not your character. Your character's not it. You are a bad person. That's not how that works. There are so many other things that you could do. And that was an actual example that I read. Mm. The guy got caught stealing. It was an apple. He stole an apple just to say that he could. A guard told him, he's like, hey, I saw you steal that. And he stabbed the guard. It was that does, probably a really shiny apple. It it must have been. I just I don't understand that. Like, what are your guys' experiences? Have you guys when you had those characters, what were they doing in your campaigns? Well, I think the the mentality that a lot of these kind of people have is coming from like video games where they don't really have to worry about the consequences as much, and they're like the main character. So you know, everything's kind of about them. Um, and I think that it kind of breeds this unhealthy mentality that I think also kind of leads into murder hoboism, but that's a whole nother discussion where Ooh. they just think like, oh yeah, I can just do whatever I want and this whole game is set up for me. When in actuality, the entire point of D&D is like cooperative storytelling. It's not just you, there are other people at the table, you know. Very eloquently put. Very. Eloquently I agree. Put. Well, you know, I have to chime in though. There are some that are just analytical in nature. Um, I, you know, we've run into this before in, in campaigns. And they want to overanalyze everything, but that's just their nature. So you do have to kind of work with that. Um, but the DM can, can move that along. You know, the DM can, can step in and, uh, you know, you can start putting a time constraint where, yes, you can go ahead and you can study that as long as you want. But, oh, by the way, the, the you know, the entire uh tunnel is filling up with water you know i mean there are things you can do to move things along you know um in that case clay you know the 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 sample the or the example you were talking about with the uh, the apple um the dm could have turned that where you know four or five other guards saw him stab the other guard and take him away and that's it now you've eliminated the character altogether you know you can go that rough if you want to i mean there, there, you know there's just sure. things you can do um, but the thing is, is if you have somebody like that and it, you know, if everybody just kind of ignores it, I mean, eventually that it'll probably just stop. And, you know, and if not start a different campaign, you know, talk to your, your DM and just say, Hey, you know what? We don't need loser here anymore. Can we do something different? Uh, yeah. you know, it's it, because the, mm-hmm. like Ryan said, you know, the FP, 
you know, first person, which is, you know, in almost any of the online games, think about it. It's first person. It's you, you know, it's looking out for number one, you know, and it isn't, there isn't that camaraderie. There's not this group mentality and you really do need that in D and D. I mean, yeah. I don't know of any situation where one character is able to take care of everything, take on everything where the rest of the party just sits back. And if that is the case, then the DM needs to get, uh, you know, kicked because he's got to get, get that, you know, changed. So I think it's also worth mentioning that if you have somebody like this at your table, you should probably like talk to them about it out of game. Like, obviously if you're the DM, don't just like yeah. immediately yeah. punish them. Just kind of be like, Hey, this is a, a group game. We're all playing together. It's not going to only be about you. And like, stealing the spotlight away for like hours at a time is messing with everybody and you know you don't have to do it in public like in the middle of the game either definitely like pull them aside afterwards or something yeah but... and, and and that's and that's good that's good you can do that and i think that that's a great option the other option is you can scream at them like i did or you can just play me screaming at them um you know it's either or i think ryan's <laughs> is probably a little safer <laughs> but if you want to scream at them or have Clay I'm, scream at them. Or have me scream. I'm not saying to do it. I'm just throwing it out into the world. And he's not do telling it you what to you not do it either. I'm not telling you not to do it. I'm absolutely not. And going back earlier, um, to people that are new to the D&D world, uh, murder hobo is a, a term that kind of got coined by players, as far as I know. I don't think that's in the official Okay, good. I, I was going to ask, so I need <laughs> to know this. Yes. So, uh, as far as I know, it's not in the official handbook. Murder hoboing is a term for uh, a player or a group of players that are playing... Basically, they're playing Skyrim through D&D. They're just there to go around swinging their swords, killing whatever they see, and gathering up loot. Uh, they don't care about story. They don't care about dialogue. They'll just swing at whatever they see. They're and here for a good time, not a long time. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, that, you know... While that can be fun, you know, you kind of, you ruin the story if you don't at least partially engage in dialogue or story building um, and just kill everything you see. And I'm not saying that that's inherently wrong either, because, no. like, if your entire table agrees that that's, like, what you want to do, you just want to kill monsters and get loot, then, you know what, go for it, as long as everybody's having fun, but, like... Live your best life. <laughs> That's just something that should probably be talked about in like a session one or session zero, like expectations of what the game is going to look like. Absolutely. And have a session zero. Have a session zero. If you're going to be in a campaign, have a session zero where you're not playing and you guys talk about your expectations. I think that that's really important. And I think that it goes a long way in the future to kind well, of... Well, you're setting rule play. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and like like you said, not not even necessarily the expectations, but you know, this is what is going to happen. Here's how we're going to do it. And then you know, if there's disagreement, you might want to address that up front too. You know, basically, it should come down to you know, DM has the last say. Period. That's it. I mean, that's that's what he's there for. He's the guide. He's the referee. I mean, you know, that's that's his point. That's where he needs to be. So he needs to make sure that you know, look. I said you can't fly. I don't care that you have, you know, a pair of wings you sewed, you know, all by yourself. You can't fly. And that it just has to be there. And if they're if they're really confrontational, 
that's uh, like Ryan said, you, you need to take them outside of the game and say, hey, you know, look, this is just not working. You know, we've got limited amount of time. You know, we all want to be, you know, in this this world and enjoy. But we also don't want to have to be, you know, worrying about, you, you know, you going off on your your little tangents here. Now, don't get me wrong. Tangents aren't bad. Again, you know, most of us here have ADD, so we definitely go off on our tangents. But, you know, when it's, you know, bringing all the attention to you and taking away from gameplay from everybody else, that's 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 an unhealthy tangent and that needs to be curbed. Absolutely. And I, I mean, we had that where, you know, I was demanding a lot of game time and, you know, Mr. Uh, Mr. Fitz there, he, he pulled me pulled me aside and he's like, Clay, I hate you so much. You need, you need to, to stop time out. talk. <laughs> And he just sat me in the corner. He smacked me upside the head. But I learned my lesson, and that was good. And you still have the marks from all the noodles, right? I do. I have all those noodles. Yeah, we, we whipped them with noodles. I got a great canoodling. That's right. I don't think it helped, but yes, we did. I mean, what helps me? <laughs> Not much. No. I'm broken Not for a darn a... thing. Well, hey... This is this has been a pretty good, pretty good conversation we had here, guys. It's been very good, and for our second, I think we're in good shape. Um, we're still fighting the technical issues of having to do this remotely. I'm gonna go outside. Go outside, guy. <laughs> I'm gonna go somewhere. Well, thank else you, everyone. Thank you so much for for you know, spending some time with us. Um, we hope that uh, this will get a little smoother as we go. Uh, but let us know, you know, like I said, if you sign up and you tell us what you, you know, what you think of it, we can definitely grow from here. And we definitely want to make sure that whatever you want to see or hear, uh, we will get that done. Don't forget to check out the starter section also on our website uh, if you are just starting. Uh, we hope to have some more videos and more information up soon. But that kind of gives you a starting point. Have a wonderful week. And uh, we hope to be back with uh, another one next week. If everything, uh, you know, holds our way. We love you guys. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. Bye. Bye.